Hey, spoilers for Baki the Grappler throughout this episode. Hey kids, Sam's out on a tour of America, even the parts he hates. Hopefully he'll come back with new wisdom, or at least better impressions of regional accents. He's also a history buff, so at the very least, he'll visit his favorite battlefields, and the graves of his least favorite presidents. That leaves you with me, your cool stepdad. Which is tough. Normally I only scout topics, set up equipment, edit audio, maintain a website, and promote updates. This time, I have to do all the work, so I'm going to talk a bit about a character called Muhammad Ali Jr. Mostly because Sam's trip has me thinking about history. History sucks. It's a series of tragedies broken up by lists of names, usually to set up the next tragedy. I consume it the same way I consume alcohol, out of habit, hoping for a flash of relief or insight. Now, since history is full of complicated jargon, fringe sex, and endless violence, there's plenty of manga and anime about it. And not just in the broad way that, when one digs into the archives, there is an anime about almost everything. Historical manga is a thriving tradition. From today's kingdom to the 70s Rose of Versailles, the stands have welcomed fresh takes on different eras and regions in history. Mostly eras and regions where swords were common. Stabbing sells books, it's a law of publishing physics. Nonetheless, it's always stood out to me how thoughtful many of these works tend to be. The distance of history allows, say, Vinland Saga, to dive into the nature of faith, violence, and freedom without alienating readers or skipping popcorn fight scenes. Today we're not talking about something as thoughtful as Vinland Saga. We're talking about Baki the Grappler, specifically Baki, the current anime. I want to talk about something that is simultaneously the best, worst, and weirdest deployment of history I've seen in anime. It's not that I have a wider point about it, per se. I just think it's one of the more unique things I've seen happen on a TV screen. Now, Baki's famous, but not everyone watches everything. So here's the abridged summary. Imagine a pro wrestling show written by Araki. Take his digressions, chess fights, and attention to detail, but filter it through pure fixations on martial arts, testosterone, and Joe Rogan logic. It's a special show. Sometimes I call it Joe Rogan's Bizarre Adventure. Now Baki could give a shit about most history, because there is not enough punching. Walls, lances, and bullets kill Itagaki's interests in most of human history. That said, Baki is very interested in a very specific sliver of history, the life of Muhammad Ali. Baki shows the most reverence for Ali this side of Hunter S. Thompson. Maybe that seems obvious, given the creator's twin loves of martial arts and exploring semi-random rabbit holes. But I loved seeing Muhammad Ali from the perspective of an outsider that also happens to be a talented lunatic. You see, there's a twist to the portrayal. Yes. Baki's Ali is still a genius athlete that pushed against the grain of a hungry war machine. In fact, Baki takes on the racial aspect of Ali's struggle with a simple clarity that theoretically smarter shows with more to lose in America just don't. Then the cocaine comes in, because Muhammad Ali was also a secret classical martial artist in Baki, developing his own secret fist called 
Art of Ali, which basically lets him throw sword punches. He only lowered himself to filthy sports boxing to refine his style. Still with me? Now, it's worth getting into the show's general view of athletes. They're nothing. Gold medals are glittering distractions keeping you from learning real strength, dooming you to an eternity of jobbing to the author's favorite martial arts. This makes the reverence for Ali all the more surprising, and the subsequent twist of him inventing Nanto Seiken all the funnier. Because of course history's best boxer was that because he wasn't just a silly boxer. Point to all this? Building up the main character, Baki Hanma. I told you this was pro wrestling. If Shaq shows up, it's to promote Cody Rhodes. Muhammad Ali, ultimately, is here to prove what a hard dude Baki is. But how, you might wonder. Baki takes place in the 21st century. Does a plucky teenage protagonist jump a concussed old man? If any show would pull that, it's Baki. But instead, it plays the long game. It introduces Muhammad Ali Jr. Before I go further, there's a real Muhammad Ali Jr. and this is not about him. Even a little. Baki may play with history, but it doesn't play with reality. In fact, Baki and reality don't share a zip code. We're somewhere more interesting. While the real Ali Jr. spews Republican talking points about Black Lives Matter, Baki's Ali Jr. is a martial artist. A full-on, video game logic, bullet-time-abusing martial artist. He's not just the heir to Muhammad Ali's made-up martial art. He's perfected it. Finishing what his father couldn't, elevating boxing to magic karate. Naturally, he's introduced in a tournament held once every hundred years to determine China's greatest martial artist. I don't know how American teenagers get in. I just joined a philosophy club in high school. But after slapping a job or two around, Ali Jr. is pitched as a foil to Baki. They both have famous dads, a fixation on growing stronger, and a desire to sleep with Baki's girlfriend. This instigates conflict. Baki pulls a lot of tricks with time. What our mortal brains expect to take an episode takes either six seconds or a season. This happens twice with Ali Jr. First into rising action. Instead of the usual two-minute build-up cutscene, Ali's road to punching Baki takes up the entire back third of the latest season. He crawls up a ladder of Baki's past opponents, trying to figure out what makes Baki tick. He also tries to crawl up Baki's girlfriend. Both start well, but end poorly, with him rejected and hospitalized. Then his father punches him healthy again, and he's ready to fight Baki. I've described this in a glib way, but the show does a good job of pulling you into Junior's parallel journey. There is a sense of real investment in seeing Junior overcome his twin shadows and become the punchiest man in Punch World. And it helps that the actual main character, Baki, has the personality of mineral water. Don't ask me if that's by accident or by design. In a way, it just is. Baki is the least interesting character in Baki. Now time changes gear again for the climax. The fateful confrontation between legacies. The conflict we spent the season building towards. In wrestling terms, our main event. Baki, which can stretch a fight longer than some congressional terms, wraps up the Ali Jr. fight in what basically amounts to 40 seconds. 
All the flashbacks about history, all the reflections on boxing, all the characterization of Muhammad Ali's fictional son amounts to nothing more than proving that Baki is that dude. This is terrible, amazing, inventive, and stupid. It's Baki. I give it 9 or 3 out of 10. I'm not sure I know the difference anymore. It exists in two spaces at once. This is Schrodinger's review score. In all this, there's an idea somewhere that you have to commit to putting your life on the line, or you're not fighting. And it's kind of buried in the static of karate chatter, black history, Mortal Kombat fights, legacy, thin romance, amateur philosophy, and obsessively detailed musculature. And it was the strangest use of history I'd seen in anything, until I read the manga. What follows is beyond it. I just spoiled this, so I don't have to spoil that. Check it out. Anyway, this is Weeaboo Hell. Boring solo, I don't know, Justin Timberlake, John Lennon edition. I am Denar Dale, a.k.a. Blind Monkey. If you enjoyed this, I have a book coming out in the spring called Everything Abridged. Please buy it so that me leaving my job does not lead to eternal penury. Have a great week.